Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast for round four, 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is furious that everybody enjoyed Craig Starsevich's shoey at the AFLW Best and Fairest. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Yeah, g'day Michael. G'day Michael. Yes, everyone thought it was a uh, fucking great night and congratulations to Emily Bates who took home the AFLW Best and Fairest and the MVP award the next night. Fantastic effort from the Brisbane player, but overshadowed slightly in my view mm. that uh, Craig Starsevich, they said when she was up there accepting it, she said, uh, you know, that our coach Craig Starsevich, he said he'd do a shoey yep. if I won it and he proceeded to take off his shoe, uh, a nice uh, dress shoe, by the way. He was very, very well dressed. And he's poured what could I, I could only assume was a mimosa, which is the uh, the orange juice and, and champagne. I was I trying to work out what it was. Yeah, I figured like, yeah, I figured like it was an orange juice, champagne kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, or hopefully, like I hope it wasn't. You can't, can you do a shoey if it's non-alcoholic? Does that well, count? It doesn't really, <laughs> does it? I mean, the only thing I can think of that orange right now off the top of my head is <laughs> doing a glass of Metamucil. <laughs> yeah, or maybe he does want to keep himself regular. But I imagine if you are doing a shoey, that you want the highest alcohol content available to man. To kill so the bacteria. So that all the tinea <laughs> that you are just shoving down your throat uh, gets gets murdered off. So he's done that. He's 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 poured it down. He's done the shoey. And huge, huge raptures in the room. Everyone saying, what a great night. What a great celebration. And you just go, where do you go from there? But you know what really pissed me off? So everyone celebrated that. Now, the next night, Emily Bates won the AFL Players Association MVP award. Mm-hmm. Now, I get up there. Now, not many people know that I was there. They weren't expecting me. Now, I get up there and I drink out of... What could only be described as a prosthetic leg that I picked up in my time in Afghanistan. And can I just say, the hells that brought me down, Michael. I mean, Craig Starsevich does a shoey, everyone's on board. Rosie does a bit of a leggy and fucking, I'm chased out of the room. Unbelievable. It's just like to, two, two different I sets like of rules. Think, I hate it. I like to think, though, you also put a mimosa in there. Like it wasn't like I put a lot of mimosas in there. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. It's it's what the night deserved. It was a little bit of a. Actually, I poured a uh, berry blast uh, vodka cruiser in there because I thought, you know, let's celebrate. It's a bit of fun, a good night. And all anyone focused on was not the berry blast, like a blast of fun. All anyone focused on was the leg and where I got it from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and how you got it back into the country. Yeah, and I just kept saying, you don't ask fucking questions about where it came from. Do you have? Do, do you think a prosthetic leg, if you've taken that mm. as a bit of a trophy from a war zone, do you? When they do the declaration form at the airport, <laughs> what mm. box do you mm. tick? Like, and, and do they take it off to quarantine for like two weeks and you know make sure there are no you know uh, bacteria or anything on it? 
Excellent question. Excellent question without notice. I would say you don't have to tick any box because it's not really a quarantine hazard because I'm assuming unless it's like you've stolen it from a pirate in the 1800s, it's not going to be made from wood. So you're going to be safe in that regard. And also, if you've drunk quite a bit of alcohol from it, you would have hopefully run it through the dishwasher once or twice on the base. Yeah, true. So by the time you get it back through customs, with all the other stuff you've brought back, all the trophies you've brought back from the war zone, that that's the least of their worries is the leg that you have, you know, filled with um, hand grenades and handguns and all that kind of stuff. I remember coming back from um, South Africa. What about? Oh, here we go. 2015. <laughs> and... Um, you know, you tick the form and it's like, have you been around animals or farmland yeah. or something? And I kind of had. And yeah. and the guy was like, you know, you know, have you been there, you know, whatever. And I looked down my shoes and I'm like, they're clearly caked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he kind of looked down and he's like, okay, go through. And I'm like, no, I, I shouldn't be going through. <laughs> <laughs> That happened to me when I came back from South America. So again, I think they do that because, uh, yeah, the bacteria that's in the mud and also perhaps maybe like mad cow disease, just stuff that can be picked up and transported like overnight or whatever. Well, there's things like um, we don't have rabies here. So that's why if you, your dog or cat come back from overseas, they have to lock it up for yeah. a little bit. But, but when you go to other countries, they have rabies. So therefore you don't need to, you know, you can get the cat straight out of the, um, the boot of the plane. And the yeah, cat and goes, I was what the fuck do you do that for, mate? <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> and I'd worn these boots in a wet market in South America, so I was uh, wandering yeah. around in that. But I ticked the box because it was like, have you been in any farmland or, you know, anywhere outback in um, South America? And I was like, yeah, I have. And the guy goes, what are your boots covered in mud? And I said, oh, there's a bit of mud on it. He goes, a lot of mud? And I go, no, not really. He goes, what the fuck do you ticket for then? It's <laughs> like, what? Fuck off, mate. I'm coming through customs. I'm trying to do the right thing here. Are you a duty-free guy when you go through the airport? Uh, you know what? I used to load up on a like a bottle of vodka or a big bottle of uh, gin, but I reckon I've still got a bottle of Hendrix gin from I reckon a trip I took in about two thousand and eight. Yep. So I've just I, I've stopped bothering. So is the gin still good? Uh, I will say yes. I haven't even opened it. I, I can't imagine the gin would go off. Um, I remember going to when we went to Limo's wedding. What was that? The end of twenty fourteen. In Bali? Friend yes, of the show. Yeah, I reckon you're right. Yes. And uh, mm, dun, a Jetstar trip to Bali is a very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> but there was one guy. We're on the tarmac. I reckon he spent a good this, 10 minutes. This is coming back into Australia? No, no. This is on the way out. Okay. I reckon he spent a good 10 minutes talking to his mates about how good the deal was for the, the <laughs> Winnie Reds that he got. The carton. Yeah. Yeah. And I was sinking beers before we took off. And then there were two 20-something um, women next to me. And I overheard the conversation. Um, one of them was like, anyway. So then like, he was like, why don't we go have sex in the toilets? And I was like, what kind of girl do you think I am? And I'm like, I want to hear this fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was reading Amy Poehler's book, reading <laughs> chapters on feminism. It was an adventure, Adam. It was an adventure. I want to know why you're buying duty-free darts when you're heading off to Bali. That's like, actually mate, really good point, yeah. Pay, you pay like 100 rupee or whatever it is fucking for a, like a whole tobacco farm over there. Like I don't, And I you don't, can barter it down if you know the right way to fucking talk to those people. You know? I don't think I've actually ever bought duty-free. I, have, I think I bought duty-free from a mate, like a carton, a carton or two of darts for her, like just 
because they were cheap, so you know she paid me back or whatever. But I don't yeah. think I've actually bought anything for myself. And also, like, you know, when there's like the the five liter Johnny Walker kind of bottle, yeah, and you go yeah. like, how practical is that? Oh, like, that's completely impractical. Like you try and pour that into one little glass, and you got a you got a whole. Um, you know, benchtop covered in Johnny Walker. It's I so mean, ridiculous. The one, the one that was on the big frame that you had to swing up from. Perfect for a, sh- uh, a prosthetic leg, but maybe not great. Absolutely, for a- absolutely. The only thing that I would probably regularly buy had I used it enough um, would be aftershave. Oh, to really? Save a, you know, to save like yeah, your ten dollars off. You buy. Oh yeah, I may as well buy some while I'm here. You're an aftershave guy, okay? Yeah, absolutely, I am. Yeah, I did that for a little bit, but I kind of moved moved away. And what are you? You're just. What do you do when you go out? You're just your Lynx Africa before you head out. Is that what it's we're? It's just all about the musk, mate. I just got to get the pheromones <laughs> out there. No, I'm. A what bit did you? Okay. What did you wear in high school? Let's just quickly go there because when I was in year ten, it was all about the Rex owner black. Like our, you couldn't breathe as you walked down the corridors of Strathmore Secondary College. It was thick with either that or um, oh, what was the other one? Jazz. Do you remember Jazz? Oh, God, no. What, the Transformer? Uh, I'll no, show you. Jazz was an aftershave. Rexona you have a sport. can of Rexona Black. You are an adult, mate. You need to, what are you you meant need to, to do? step up your game. Why are you wearing a sport deodorant when you're just, uh, you know, at work? Oh. You're in Wayne Jackson Studios, mate. What are you wearing? What are you wearing sport deodorant for? <laughs> I am very active, my friend. Do you have yeah. aftershave? Sorry, junk timers. No, I don't have a shave. No, no. Or like I might get it like a gift every now and then, but I don't remember that happening for a long time. And so, if you're taking out, if you're on a date with a a, a lady and you're taking her go. to the MCC for Jamie, the first time, you're going taking her well. to taking taking her to the long room, and then you know followed by you know you going into the uh, Australia Club and her waiting out the front. Yeah, what, sure. Like I might go into fragrance? the library and uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What fragrance would you put on while you made her wait outside? <laughs> no, I don't. I can't remember wearing a fragrance for a long, long time. I think generally, no. like I have generally just used what people have given me as a gift, but okay. I can't remember the last time I actually used an aftershave. All right, I will get you a bottle of Pinot in the hope that you use that. Or you just go like Chemist Warehouse, don't you? And you get like you know. No, you don't. You get the Ronaldo, no. or you get the Beckham, or you get the Warney, <laughs> or the VB one, or the. No, you don't. You fucking you know, don't like do that, mate. Delsa has Hang like on. three different types. And uh, are, are you single at the moment, mate? I'm just, I'm just running, running your sense through the, uh, the, the single <laughs> factor here. Ah, uh, mate, this, uh, this Rolling Stone go, don't uh, gather no moss, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got a comedy festival show starts tomorrow night. Ooh. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, April 12th, I kick off for two weeks, except for the Monday night, so you've got plenty of time to come and see me. Uh, Easter weekend, I'm going to be there every day. You know, obviously, there's going to be the communion uh, wafers given out on Friday, and then, yep. uh, you know, Jesus being resurrected on, when was that, Sunday or Monday, mate? You helped me out here. Sunday, fucking idiot. Sunday, yep. And I'm going to be so there, and the also I'm going to be there. He had the last supper on the Thursday night. Yep. And then he washed their feet. And then he went and hung out in the garden of Gethsemane, I believe. Is that right? Um, yeah, I won't be washing anyone's feet. Just put it as that you way. Know, so from, the, from Jesus Christ Superstar, the musical. It's like, why? Absolutely. God. Anyway, no, no, that was so my show. Uh, but 12th, anyway, then, then twelfth the to the twenty fourth of the April. Showed up, the cop showed up. The fuzz showed up, and then Judas went and kissed him on the cheek to kind of show, you know, um, 
he was now now speaking of low dogs. Okay, Judas was a low dog, right? And then <laughs> and then he can the, smell the original low dog. The original low dog to show <laughs> yeah the cops like uh the fuzz the pigs, um the that that was the man, and so they arrested yeah. him. And then that was Pontius Pilate, I think. So he washed his hands of the case, and then they. And then he went and got crucified between... There was a robber, a robber on either side. And then they sung, um, always look on the bright side of life. And then... So, so what? okay, let, let's put this in AFL parlance, right? Uh, Judas has gone to the tribunal and gone, mate, he's fucking... He's hit me behind play. Yeah, he's ratted him out. Yeah, no footage. Yeah, no it, footage. No footage, yo. No, no, behind, no behind the uh, temple footage. Yeah, there was... You know, back, you know, back in the day, if you mm. remember this, like, there was a... Um, a disciples code, okay? No, you, you didn't <laughs> fucking you, say anything. You didn't break that code. No, no, no. And then it's gone to the MRO and they've given Jesus, they've given Jesus death, right? They fucking gave him death and on, on appeal, he got off on the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so he's done well. He's done well, Jesus, to come back from that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very funny limo joke, that one. Um I'm not I'm sorry, I'm not accusing you of a silly whoa, joke, but he, he, do, he, does have a, he does have a funny joke about Jesus kind of, you know, dead and then back by the, you know, Monday. Um, yes, but he's talking about it in an injury context. I put it in a context that we were just discussing just straight off the top of my head. And that's the kind of humour you might be able to find when you come to my show. No, you come down. It's on 8.10 every night from 12th to the 24th, except Monday night at the Cooper's Inn. 282 Exhibition Street in the city. Tickets available at trybooking.com and Junk Time, a special discount code for you guys if you want to come along. Low dog, lowercase, one word. That's not the whole code. Low dog is the word for the code. So chuck it in. Love to see you there. And it's going to be fun. I've been you know, working on it a lot today and it will be tomorrow. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Get there. Can you give us a bit of um, a taste of like the um, some of the topics you'll be talking about? I can. Because uh, I find in comedy, Adam, I, fi- I actually find topic selection very important. Now, a lot of people think about the jokes. Now, no, now that sounds weird. But I find, I find I get more often annoyed about topic selection as opposed to the comedy that it draws. Well, I guess there's a couple. Do you know what um, I mean? Yeah, well, here's a couple. Here's a couple for you. I'm talking about Lifeline. That gets a run, okay. as it should. Uh, segregation gets a bit of a run, you know. We've all discussed that about how it should be coming back, and I am all on board on that. So come and hear my views on that. Uh, IVF, we'll get some uh, talking about, and the Scouts. So if you want to see how all those are connected, come along Fucking and see. Hell, yeah. no, you come down. You got a hell of a thing. Yeah. Um, now the AFLW Grand Final on the weekend. Yes. If it, it struck me as a tense game. But no, it, a close game, but not so much a tense game. By the fact the D's came for a little bit, but Adelaide managed to kind of hold on to them. And also, can we talk about how the um, Adelaide are like, well, they're kind of the franchise of the AFLW right now. And Maddie Clark keep on lifting up cups. But I guess that would happen for any strong team at the start of any competition. Like whoever won the first, you know, half a dozen or was a strong team for the VFL back in the 1890s, you, you blow it out. You go, mate, we've got three on the trot, but say Adelaide mightn't, you know, dominate for another decade and a few other teams will come and start to peg them back. But at the moment, they're, you know, out front 3-1 with Brisbane only behind them. Like at least when you're a strong team in the start, you're going to look fucking better maybe than you actually 
Ah, because there's just nothing else to compare it to. Does that make sense? I'm not saying yeah, they're yeah. shit. No, no, I know what you mean. But also, you think yeah. about that a little bit. Like, uh, Fitzroy were a rather strong team in the first yeah. early years of the a- of the VFL. And then, what, I think they won about seven or eight premierships, I think. Um, and look where they ended up, mate. With the final one in 50, uh, 45. Yeah. So, you think about in that first kind of 40 years or so, 50 years or so, um, they probably they would have been busters. near the top of the premiership ladder at that time. Absolutely they would have. And then as other teams come in and start to dominate, it's a, it's just a matter of getting as many as you can in that period of dominance that you have. Like Richmond have paired back, or clawed back three over the last years. You imagine Melbourne would add, you would think with this dominance, they'd want to add another one or two. You'd hope, yeah. You'd hope. Um, but it was so cool. just going back to the the best of Ferris and the MVP quickly before we go, they don't have any names for them at the moment in the AFLW. Obviously, it's the Brownlow in the v, in the AFL and uh, the yeah. Lee Matthews Trophy for the AFLPA. Do you think that either of them should be called the Daisy or the Erin? I was thinking maybe the best of Ferris could be the Daisy, and the MVP could be the Erin. Erin Phillips, you know, she's dominated early on in um, the AFLW comp. Well, a, that's a question without notice, so you should know mm. better than that. Yep. Um, B. I reckon neither. I reckon neither at this stage, oh, particularly. Also, like, can we can we let it have a good couple of decades of history before we kind of start putting names on it? Um, and then also, I'm trying to remember a name. I, f- I can't remember. I can't remember that. There, there's a lady who it was kind of like the the mother of women's football. So I. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. We had her on. Um we had her on the front bar and I spoke to her. She was one that told that uh, great story about how uh, leading teams would never work for an AFLW comp uh, because yep. okay. she said that uh, women hold a grudge and if they said the things that you're supposed to say for leading teams, they would never forget it. They would be like, you fucking said that about me this one yeah, time. Sure. And it was, it was fascinating when she was, she was like, yeah, it's just, it wouldn't work and it's okay. That's not a big deal. And also we should note for the junk timers that um, <laughs> Adam knows a lot of women who hold a grudge against him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I, I would love? Because the Brownlow, right? The Brownlow, he, he was an administrator. Why well, that's don't we the thing. have I was someone... going to say that. I was going to say that. Like, he was a, a fucking Geelong uh, administrator for like 40 and, years. And it's like... try and claim my fucking genius here. But it's like, like, imagine fucking naming it after administrator now. It'd be like, oh, the Barmy. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like or the, after like, um, after Gill's PA. Yeah, the uh, the the Ladu- <laughs> like like we it, it's so strange that he was kind of reg- regarded in that much you know uh, well regard that they actually name like the major medal of the le- of the league after him. Yeah, but maybe he was a fucking gun administrator. Like he used to do Excel spreadsheets before they were on computers. Like you said to him, hey mate, where's that? Uh, Where's that file from the 28 grand final? He goes, zoot, bang, here it is. And you're like, fuck, how'd you do that, Chaz? He goes, mate, I'm a fucking gun. Well, good luck for doing the 28 grand final by the fact he died in 24. Can we go through a little bit of his... Mate, say, hey, 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 that's how fucking good he was. <laughs> <laughs> what? You knew it was rigged already. Can we yeah, go through yeah. a little bit his life and time? So born in mm. 1961, Chaz Brownlow, Charles yeah. Chaz Brownlow. Now, if I remember correctly, Chaz Brownlow is written on the medal. Would that be right? Oh, I think you might be right. Yeah. I feel like it might be a, a Chaz and then a, and then a the letter of a middle name. Uh, Forty year association with the Geelong Football Club, but that doesn't mean he fucking work there the whole time. That could just be guy who was a fan for a while. Like maybe only yeah, worked maybe there three years. 
You know what? From 1910 to 1919, he was the cat man. Not many people knew that. Like, and that's how he died. He had lead paint on his body. And oh, I'm like, no. mate, mate, you fucking, you, you look really shit after you take the makeup off. He's like, yeah, my, I, I can't get any uh, oxygen into my pores. Can you imagine if Chaz Brownlow was around? I know, I know Catman's kind of pulled the pin. Because mm. as we talked about so I think last year, Catman <laughs> is a little bit mouthy <laughs> and uh, that kind of stuff Catman. doesn't fly. Catman had some some takes that the rest of the AFL and the world weren't ready for. (laughs) Uh, Catman had a few things he'd say out loud at games (laughs) and people would cover their kids' ears and go, oh, mate, okay. (laughs) Uh, So he played football with Geelong Football Club and the VFA. Yep. uh, Before the formation of the VFL. uh, Played from 1880 to 1884. Not not a great achievement, mate, you know. Yeah. Um, we could have done it. Captain oh, mate, he was in captain, captain in 1883. 83, yeah. And yeah. they won a premiership. And we remember that one. Like, that that went down as one of the great VFA grand finals, wasn't it? I, they were in the wilderness in 82, but in 1882. But fucking Chaz, he brought, brought that team together. Yeah. He willed them over the line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fuck, remember when he got up on the podium and he did a shooey? <laughs> 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 Out of a... Uh, American Civil War. Shoot. <laughs> 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 he just drank some port. Okay, so what are you up to, uh, Brownlow? Following playing career, spent many years as administrator. He mm. was the Geelong Football Club secretary from 1985 to 19, uh, 1885 to 1923. Now, I'm so also... That's, g- that's 30... What are we looking at there? That's 38 years. Like, that's a long time. I reckon he's fucking coasted, Chaz. Like, he's just there going, oh, mate, do you want to move up? Nah. No, he's he's taken he's taken some cream off that. I I don't want to I don't want to cast any aspersions on his history, no, no, you, but he's he can't he can't uh, defame the dead. So yeah, I'm gonna oh, go that with that motherfucker was laundering money like nothing you've ever seen. It was like a Dude. fucking casino in a Geelong footy club. He'd walk out of the meeting every night, out out of Kidinia Park every night. The fucking his mm. pockets would be jingling. Yeah, absolutely. The, the amount of shillings and pence that went through the fucking Brownlow household back in the day. I mean, gee, Brownlow too. I mean, sheesh, you're a secretary for uh, till 23. I mean, I don't see any took a break from 1914 to 1918. To go oh, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Hey, Chaz, do you want to go fight? And help save the world. Oh, I don't believe I can. Sheesh, I've got uh, some secretary work here to do at Geelong. I think a couple of feathers rocked up in a box out the front of Charles Brownlow's house. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't uh, want to win. I wouldn't want to win the Brownlow because it's the coward's medal. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, why are you ta- why are you throwing your your Brownlow in the river? Uh, because I'm not a yellow belly. Yeah, everyone freaked out when you know Dipper won it. It's like, yeah, but at least he showed some fight in his career. <laughs> So, but also secretary for like yeah, thirty eight. But like, I mean, you know, not not a not a huge game at that time. Like, you know, in terms of like, no, how much no. backroom office staff would you have at the Geelong Football Club during that period? Yes. So, like, how much bean counting are you actually doing? Because also and, and let's you, and let's also look at it too. Back then, like Geelong would have been particularly rural. Like that is not, mm. you know, that's not, that's not 45 minutes down the highway. That's like a three-day trip out to Geelong. So it's not like he's in charge of a bustling metropolis football club. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, 
Um, I mean, they'd, they'd be lammies, obviously. Of course. And the Sphinx? Of course. Absolutely, the Sphinx. Yeah, that's where the that's where the soldiers went before they went to uh, World <laughs> War One. And also, he would have organised all the sporties nights of nineteen nineteen when people uh, were coming yeah. back. Going, uh, uh, tell us that story about the time you're on the Somme. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd be like, you know, tell us about the football trip that we took uh, to uh, down the road. <laughs> we were there for three weeks. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Tell us about that time you did that runner from that horse and cart. <laughs> uh, he served as Geelong delegate on the Victorian Football League board from 1902 to 20, 1922. Okay, so he's got a couple of roles happening at the same time. And in that capacity as the VFL's vice president and delegate to the Australian Football Council from 19... Australasian Football Council. So oh. here's him. You know, he was. So Australasian. This is this guy going, oh, mate, we're broadening it out into... into you know, into Shanghai and into the Far East and into Siam and Ceylon. We've got all these. And they're like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just fucking, he's taking money. He's ripping money out of the VFL for all these sham games overseas. And then again, 1911 to 1916. When 16. I mean, he could have been, he could have yeah. been. I mean, he's 50-something by now, but hey, you don't have to, you don't have to like be in the front line. Like, you could just be, yeah. you know, supporting our troops. You know, mate, he could have done admin at the fucking back of the at the back of the front. You know, people need help. I mean, tell you what, Charles Brownlow. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, he could have been a Gallipoli mate, but you know, you know, you do you, Charles Brownlow. Yeah. <laughs> and he was chairman of the Permis and Umpires Committee from 1911 to 1922. So, okay, probably like almost like would that be like almost you think like a match review panel, or like looking after the umpires, umpires training. Either way, you can. Associated with umpires, therefore, you're a low dog once more. Oh, is that why it became he was associated with the umpires award? You reckon he was in there, and the umpires are going, y- y- "All right, okay." So everyone goes, "Oh, it's because he's a great administrator." This is the man who probably created the award. They go, "Hey, the umpires are going to uh, put together an award for the best player." I call it the Brownlow. Yeah, <laughs> good one, Chaz. Good one. No, no, no. I'll, I'll look after it. I'll get it. I'll get it minted. All right, comes back. It's got your fucking name on it, Chaz. <laughs> ah, just hand it out. No one will fucking remember. And then he's also thinking like, well, if I'm boss of the umpire kind of group, okay, well, okay, if you get the money in the, in the well, in the envelope or whatever, they slide it mm. in your hands. Okay, who's yeah. giving you the money? Like, who's writing the check each week for the umpires? And therefore it's like, yeah, yeah they're going to like, yeah, that Charles Brownlow is a really good bloke. It's like, yeah, just because he's paying you. doesn't mean he's a good bloke. Yeah, uh, I'm not into this. He was caretaker president of the VFL from 1918. Okay, Charles, I mean, you know, there's a bit yeah. of things going on there. <laughs> yeah, why, why did you take it up in 1918? Who fucking wasn't, who didn't come back from the front? And 1919. And then he so, went back. So, okay, just st- let me pause there. So he's got four jobs at the one time. Yeah. This guy was one fucking hell of an administrator. He's a quadruple dipper. Yeah. And if they're all full-time jobs, mate, that means you're doing three of them badly, okay? Mm. It's like the comedy world, mate. They all have three different jobs at the same time. It's like, yeah, and they're all being done shitly. Yeah. Shitly's not a word, by the way. <laughs> I know. Uh, Brownlow married oh. Matilda Jane Barber, and they had four children: Daisy, Ruby, uh, Elsie, and Charles Junior. Uh, I don't, uh, not a fan of the Junior, mate. Not a fan of the Junior. How, how have we never heard of Charles Junior? Like, how has he never presented an award? Is he like? Is he anyone we should know about? Like, if there was another Charlie Brownlow running around... And also, why isn't Brownlow a surname that we ever hear of now? 
Have you ever met someone called Brownlow? No, no. But you know why Junior didn't really want to be around? Like, yeah. the shame, the guilt, the kind of, come on, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't go to war, mate. You had, you had your chance. <laughs> uh, here we go. He primarily oh, earned his living as a watchmaker operating a store in Geelong. When did this guy find time to administrate? He's he's a machine. Like, he is... The Brownlow was named in his honour, awarded in 1924. First winner of the Brownlow, Adam? I genuinely have no idea. Kaji Greaves. There you go. I believe it was a Geelong player. Uh, He was inducted into the administration. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The winner of the first one went to a Geelong player. So the guy who's the guy who's running the umpires association and is head of Geelong and all that sort of and the Australasian Football Council. Oh, Kaji, Kaji, you better write a uh, you you better write a, an acceptance speech, mate. Nah, mate, I only played two games. Trust me, Kaj, I've been to the bookies. Write, write the fucking speech. Okay, here we go. Huh. Okay, so I'm on to Kaji Jeeves, right? Edward. Mm. So, ah, interesting. So, in the 1860s, Kaji's grandmother, Julie, was briefly engaged to Tom Wills, the famed cricketer and founder of Australian football. Amazing. Historian Hutchison, yeah, briefly, noted that if Tom Wills had married Julie, they wouldn't have had... Kaji Greaves. So a bit of a passing of ships in time. So yeah, that Sliding breakup, doors back in the day. Yeah. Actually, I heard this on the radio not too long ago. And they were talking about uh, Winks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It's either Winks or Black Caviar. And that, like, Winks's mum was about to be... Fuck mm, Tom Wills. no. <laughs> <laughs> was about to be looked after by a um, stallion. But the stallion died. Mm. And therefore another horse um, had a very brief affair with Winx's mum. And so by that logic, if the original horse had had fun yep, times, side, side you wouldn't have got Winx. Oh, there you go. Hmm. Anyway, that's the last time I'm ever going to mention horse racing on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it took so, a uh, medal name in his honour, uh, year following his death, uh, put into the AFL Hall of Fame in 1997. There you go. Oh, it says dude. here, the medal is engraved, Chaz Brownlow Trophy. <coughs> Not even a trophy, also, by the way, the, just a medal. Um, Secretary of Geelong Cricket Association and Treasurer. Yeah. And it's like, dude, mate, chats. Yeah, you got you got sticky fingers everywhere, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, any sport that was happening in Geelong, Chaz had his fucking fingers all over. How is there still sport in Geelong? Like Chaz Brownlow yeah. probably bankrupted every club. Like you know yeah, all the problems had Geelong had. Again. Geelong yeah. had like when Bomber came, like in about like '99 or whatever, and like yeah. had big financial problems, and you know Frank Costa mm-hmm. had kind of sorted it all out. Yeah. That was legacy of Chaz Brownlow. <laughs> yeah, that lasted like eight, eight, lasted about four generations. It all began. It all began in the 20s, mate. 
Um, did you watch your team uh, play the Gold Coast? Unfortunately, I did. Unfortunately, I did. And you know what? I'm a smart man. As I've always said on this, I never tip with my heart. I tipped with my head. And I tipped the Gold Coast Suns to beat Carlton. We were always going to lose that game. We have a bogey team. We've had lots of bogey teams. Um, but even when the Gold Coast were at their worst, they would often beat Carlton. And I had a feeling that they would win yesterday. And they did it and did it easily. I got three out of nine this week. It's a bit embarrassing, actually. It was, it was actually a tough week. There were a few games that could have gone either way. I reckon everyone would have missed. The, the West Coast Eagles was a fantastic victory. Mm-hmm. I don't reckon many people would have picked that one. Yep. Um, that's probably it. But it was, you know, Brisbane Geelong could have gone either way. There was a couple of toughies in there. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So are you, um, are you Carlton fans like less cock hoop now? Like even the coach, Michael Voss, was saying during the week, like, you know, he wants people to celebrate the wins and take the lid off. And, I mean, you guys are fucking insufferable <laughs> if you get a run on. You know what the good thing that happened when we did beat you, Hawthorne, last week was the fact that we didn't do it easily. Like, the, you guys actually probably should have won. And for most Carlton supporters, that left us terrified that we were not that good. Yep. And that what happened yesterday was pretty much inevitable. And when it did, we were like, yep, fucking typical Carlton. This is all over. We had our three wins. Now we fucking go back. And we go back into the darkness from whence we came. Yeah, sure. So uh, you're getting your tattoo taken off, like your premiership tattoo removed? Yeah, I am. Even more embarrassing, Michael, was that the loss was in front of a couple of the Harlem Globetrotters who've made their way all the way out to Australia. And they showed them repeatedly on the coverage, sitting in the stands. And can I just say, AFL, if the Harlem Globetrotters are out there, give them some fucking decent seats, would you? They're <laughs> up in the bleachers. Like, it's the Globetrotters. They've never lost a fucking game. Show them the respect that that deserves. So are they coming out for a tour? Though? Will they do in promo? Or are they already here for a tour? I think they're already here for a tour. Let me just have a look at that at the moment. Yeah, I, me yeah, too. I think they're in Australia. I saw them live. Tour. I saw them live when I was about 10. Yeah, same. In about 86-ish, 85, 86. Yeah, maybe a couple of years after that. Actually, they're not really playing. They're playing like a regional tour. Hey, they love they love going everywhere. Oh, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, they really Bingo, are. Glenorchy, uh, Prospect. They're doing Adelaide. Huh, yep. that's a bit different. Yeah, no one ever goes to Adelaide when they go on tour. I uh, filmed a thing. Um, with a couple of the Harlem Globetrotters about three, four years ago. Well, you've and met them. Well, I've met like two of them. And uh, the idea was like, you know, shoot them kind of, you know, doing fancy shots and stuff like that. Yep. The only problem being, they kept on missing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, you're there for about half an hour, an hour. And like, they're like, you know, doing shots from half court and stuff like that, which is fair enough, you yeah. know, that that's trickier. But, like, I reckon out of, like, 100 shots, say they did 100, I reckon they got about 20. And we kind of there you go. Oh, really? We kind of there you go, like, and they, and they were tricky ones, but it was like, don't, yeah. aren't, you meant to, aren't you meant to get them in? <laughs> like, isn't that yeah. the point? But uh, in their defence, it's not easy to shoot a uh, basketball when you've got confetti in your face. Well, that's, that's a good point, actually, yeah. When, when, when someone's, someone's standing on a ladder... Uh, <laughs> someone's threatening throw, to throw, throw water on you. And it's confetti, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, oh, yeah, understand. They're, 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 they've been psyched out, yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I mean, is that the pressure of the Washington Generals? Like, they they got in your head now? Like, they're... Well, they've brought a new game, the Generals. It's all about pressure of being around the contest. So they're, they're going to be a good team in the future, I reckon, the Generals. <laughs> imagine being... Do you reckon they... Because they, they tour around, so I don't imagine anyone knows who plays for who across mm. the board. Do you think they swap teams or are... Are you a Washington general for life? And if so, do you get regular appointments with a psychologist? Just go, you just say, go, man, I'm a fucking loser. And they're like, no, you're not. You go, I play for the Washington generals. Imagine leading teams for the Washington generals. <laughs> what do I want you to stop doing? Well, I want you to stop getting fucking caught under the ladder. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? I fucking told you. Imagine if they brought collective mind into the Washington Generals. What kind of camp yeah. that would look like. <laughs> mate, they turn their season around. That should be a thing. They should do that. They should get collective yeah. mind leading teams into the Washington Generals. Then imagine they just started fucking up the, the Globetrotters. Like it became like, no, they were like, no, I'm generally going to dunk on your fucking head every five seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a 50-50 chance that the Globetrotters can win. Like surely surely the generals like have gone rogue every now and then and gone like, we're going to play properly. Like we're going to ignore the, you know, you know when the guy comes around the back and pulls my pants down. I'm going to ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, the game that I saw, the generals nearly won. Oh, really? Seriously, they were, I can't believe they fucking lost in the end. But the Globetrotters, they just pulled it out of nowhere. Are we, are we, are we sniffing around a bit of um, match fixing, do you think? like, uh, I mean, you know, a review or two couldn't hurt. You know, <laughs> I, I just, it just, it stinks. Like, I, I regularly punt on the Globe. We, we can't even do this joke because it's the best joke I think the Simpsons have ever written where Krusty takes all the money he's made from Clown College and puts it on the on the Washington Generals because he thinks they're due for a win. Yeah, sure. But we do want to make it clear to the people out there with our junk time betting agency, Junk Bet, we are more we than will. happy to take <laughs> <Yes>. any bets <laughs> yes. on the Washington Generals versus mm. the Harlem Globetrotters. And yeah. we guarantee your money back to you. We guarantee it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's, there'll be a payout. If the Globetrotters... Uh, if the Globetrotters trail at any quarter, your money back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. And also, uh, we take odds on whether at some stage the Globetrotters mm. will bring out a mini trampoline. Yes. <laughs> I remember going, well, yeah, I was maybe at 10 or so, and um, you got the program, and they kind of had an article on, like, the, the, the generals. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a picture of, like, the team... And with like a coach, like a real old school kind of plaid, plaid pants and like jackets. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But like the coach, kind of like, kind of scratching his head, kind of going like, "How are we going to beat these guys?" Oh mate, imagine being their coach. He's been how he's fucking hung around year after year. <laughs> Fuck where's man, the imagine. review down to the? Where's the review down to? How the, many the, reviews the boot, have the they had at the generals? <laughs> get the chief down. Get Pav down. Yeah, this is bullshit. They need to have a chat. Dude, I mean Fitzroy now, Wonder. Like fucking speaking the generals. Of re- speaking of reviews, will Ken Hinckley survive? Michael, your take. Question without notice. Go. Yeah, for sure. Off the top of my head, what, two prelims in a row? Surely. Yes, surely. correct. Yeah. People are jumping on top of him. Josh Jenkins, ex crow, said that he wasn't particularly not not particularly liked, but particularly welcomed. That kind of outside, I think, I reckon. Yeah, and I have heard recently that uh, apparently Koshy is not that keen on him either. So it's sort of like they begrudgingly have accepted him because, you know, he's done pretty well for them since he's come in. They've been 
pretty much competitive since he got there. They might have had a couple of lean years where, you know, they sort of regenerated, but they've always been thereabouts and hard to, to but the, hard to play against. But they've come out this week and, like, the, he's had the CEOs backed him in, Koshy's backed him in, the players have backed him in. So I imagine that's the end of Ken Hinckley probably halfway through the Carlton game next weekend. Yeah, I figure, like, I'd be actually um, surprised if he makes it to quarter time. Yeah. Mm. Um. Just when you hear the the jungle drums, yeah, around the AFL like that. I mean, uh, it looks like I went three uh, for the first time since 2011. Uh, I reckon. Oh, I and mean, four. Oh, and four. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, and have never been zero and five in their short uh, history. So we got there in 2013. Yeah, and I, I would have to say they have made finals at least half that time. Yeah, I would have thought so. Oh, I remember the boys being there. They had that a couple of shock. They had a couple of shocking losses. Where remember they what they lost? Um, was it in overtime or a really late goal to Luke Shuey? Yeah, that was overtime. Yeah, yeah. So they've had a couple of uh, struggles along the way. I think without, I mean, they. I think for them to get rid of Hinkley, now we don't know what's going on in the club, but nah. for them to get rid of him this year, they'd have to finish like seventeenth. Because I don't think you can and, and lose the playing group, but you can't justify getting rid of a coach who has had you know a, a number of good years. Yes, and they've signed him on for next year as well, so they've kind of created a big rod, an expensive rod for their own back. But it hasn't gone well down at Port Adelaide at all. Like uh, Ollie Wines had to get subbed out of the game with uh, a heart issue, and he was uh, dizzy and nauseous on the weekend in the game against Melbourne, and they've said that he might miss just a couple of games. But the interesting thing that came out the back of that was on the Sunday footy show that they connected the Ollie Wines thing prematurely before they, you know, had the proper diagnosis. They didn't even speak to Peter Larkins about it. But they came out and said that uh, it could be connected to vaccines. Now, I find that fascinating. Can Can you take us through what actually happened by the fact that, I mean, I know obviously a lot of them do have PhDs. And so are quite yeah, absolutely. qualified to speak. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. It came from a place of knowledge. So they said that, um, you know, I heart know issues. I, I know if I own a T-shirt company, that means mm. I can talk extensively about the vaccinations. Yeah. Well, they said that uh, the vaccines have caused heart issues, which uh, today Ollie Wines came out and debunked and said it has nothing to do with the vaccines. It's just one of those things that elite sportsmen and old people get. But it didn't stop the and, and that's what I love about the Sunday footy show. They've always done this kind of thing. Like if you remember back to September 12th, 2001, when Tony Jones just they were reviewing the Essendon, I think it was Essendon Bulldogs game. And he just said, speaking of bombers, he said that jet fuel can't melt steel. And he was the first to say that. And that's what I love about the footy show. They are not afraid. During the handball, he said moon landing is uh, a fake. I don't believe it. And that's that's what you go to the Sunday footy show for, Michael. Well, I remember when they showed the behind the goals footage of Mm. Jeffrey Epstein's jail cell. And yeah, okay. a, lot, a lot revealed in that footage. <laughs> it really was. It's a show to you that I turn to when, you know, you think you've got the truth and you go, I don't think I have. I need to tune in to the Sunday footy show. And I know Billy's gone now, but when he said froth, I knew what he meant. Um, do you remember when uh, Chompers punched a horse at the rally last yeah. year? Yeah, I do. I do. 
It's just, it's what he does. You know, it's what they all do. Like, everyone knows, and this is where I got my info from, everyone knows that uh, the insurgency at the Capitol in Washington, <laughs> D.C., everyone knows, and I heard this from Brownie and Purple, that they're all actors. <laughs> so, you know, you just, people, if you're out there and you fucking think you've got the truth, you haven't really until you've tuned into the Sunday footy show. So make yeah, sure, sure you get around it. Yeah. I um, want to do some footballers in real life, do you reckon? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, from Robbie. thought you guys might like to know that I was at a wedding at a very fancy winery down the uh, Bellarine Peninsula the other day and got something much better than a football in real life. Ooh, we're out on the go. deck enjoying the view. Uh, some local vino went out of the corner of my eye. I spotted a very recognisable vehicle being towed along the bottom boundary of the vineyard. It was the Carlson Hovercraft. Whoa, this is the fucking best spotting we've ever had. The Carlson Hovercraft. And Adam barracks for a team that has a fucking hovercraft. Ah, quick pause if we can in the middle of this story. We had John Platten on the front bar on uh, Wednesday night and his um, celebration lap, his retirement lap, was done in the back of or the front of a Hawthorne hovercraft out at Waverley. So go and fuck yourself. I have no memory of that. Did you have footage of that? I haven't I've got the show actually loaded up on, on YouTube here, which I'm gonna watch when I get home. But like Yeah. So he's been taken around. He said he said it was really weird. They just whizzed him around, it was really loud. And it looks like his hair's about to get sucked into the fan behind him. Oh, dude, I literally have no memory of that at all. Because that was obviously What's the famous. fascination what's the fascination with the hovercraft? Well, I mean not you said 91, right? Uh, no, it would have been 96, 97. It was after he retired, John Platten. So oh, he played okay. He when got Port taken Adelaide around the, the ground team. as like a farewell. Yeah, like the thank you retirement lap. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, uh, Carlton Hovercraft. Safe to say it got a few of the wedding guests very excited. As uh, it should. This was on the Saturday of round one, so I presume they must have been garaging it after the Blues win over the Tigers on the Thursday night. They can't confirm if it was the at the game or not. Was it there? Do you, did you go to that one? I did go to that one and it was not there. I haven't seen the hovercraft for about four or five years. I remember it got, ban- got banned from uh, Marvel because it would ruin the surface. Not that it takes ground. a lot. Yeah, not that it takes a lot to ruin that surface, but yeah. it wasn't it was never there, and it would only be at the MCG. But remember, a few years ago, and I reckon this is when it probably uh, ended up. It ended up in the Yarra. Remember? How did it end up in the Yarra? Do we? Do we I know don't know. Any? I think someone was taken and going out for a joy hovercraft, a joy hover, and they fucked it up. But can a hovercraft also go in water, or is it? Yeah, because the don't they use them in the swamplands in the Everglades? Yeah, but are they actual hovercrafts? Like, are they kind of like those? Propeller, big propeller f- run things. Mate, hovercraft question without notice. Whoa, what the fuck am I? An engineer. Uh, from Adrian, just spotted uh, Scott Pendlebury riding a bike at the corner of Park and Ferris Street in South Melbourne. Uh, I had Ferris to, Street. I had to do a couple of double takes because he was wearing grey trackies. Uh, the bike looked like something a meth addict would steal. <laughs> 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 he was holding a shopping bag full of clothes in his right hand, had a baseball cap and helmet on his head, and he had a Collingwood backpack on. But I got a close look. It was Pendles, all right. Wow. Good on Pendles for getting out there. But you know what? It doesn't matter what you do or how rich you can be, but carrying anything in a shopping bag, yep. 
when when you're not carrying shopping, if you're not going to or from a supermarket or to yeah. or from a boot, yeah. you got a shopping bag, fucking low rent. Doesn't matter what you're doing. For sure, for sure. You could have have like the um the crown jewels in that bag, and people will still be going like, who is that povo over yeah. there? <laughs> One day I I was doing some writing for the Logies and oh, clang written, clang clang. Yeah, oh mate, huge clang. Uh, on the day we'd written some um. Uh, prop jokes and so I was like I'll go out and get the props and then we'll get changed and I'll meet you back here to the host that I was working with and so I go out I buy the props I get changed into my suit and I go there and I'm like I want to go in the back way so I can you know avoid having to walk the red carpet and they were like there's no there's all security everywhere the only way you can get in is to go down the red carpet no this is before this is before like everyone had started arriving, but there were crowds there yep. and I had to walk the red carpet and you have never seen so many fucking disappointed people. As I walk along a red carpet, this person they don't know, carrying a shopping bag <laughs> <laughs> with some shit in it, like a can of spray paint and stuff. I look like I'd brought my own dinner to the Logies. <laughs> it was fucking so bad. From Tommy, at the opening round of this year, the other week, Friday night, Marvel Stadium, Saints v Pies. We got some Medallion Club tickets. Oh, someone's doing very well. Right mm. behind the goal, second tier. Sitting See, I find me. that interesting, right? Everyone thinks that Medallion Club should be the best part of the ground, but to be right behind the goals, I find that odd. Like, that's not the best seat in the house. Like, on the wing and on the flanks is where you want to be. So if yeah, you're yeah. a proper medallion, you go, put me on the wing, son. I've, I've only been in the Medallion Club, like, maybe once or twice, but, like... Yep. I always just thought it was on the wing. Like I don't think it was. Like no, no, it goes, it goes around. So it's got that kind of bar you can look through with the big, the big glass, and you can kind of see right down. It's it's great for behind the goals vision, but you know, that's what the cameras are for behind the yeah, goals. Yeah, gotcha. Do they yeah. still have the TVs on the on the seat? That's a really good question because that was kind of a big deal like twenty mm. years ago. But now you just be like, oh, I'll just use my phone, man. It's just well, yeah. as good. Yeah, I connect to the Wi-Fi here at Marvel. It's fucking great. I can. Or I look at the new scoreboards sexy screens yeah yeah actually update on the um radio situation i went to the game mm. on sunday hawthorne saints and um i mean umpires horrible and <laughs> uh the the wi-fi worked out here we go yeah so i got on the app the SEN app and uh the yep. wi-fi actually worked very well so now i'm i'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna query it I'm going to try and go next Monday. We probably get a bigger, we'll get a bigger crowd. Yes. So I'll try it again. So the jury's still out, but I'm. But did you find there was no lag? So it was in time. Yeah, there's no lag, but also fucking having a little fucking transistor fucking has no lag either. Yeah, yeah, but that means you got another product in your pocket. Anyway, continue on with the footballer in real life. Can I actually ask a question? Like, mm. uh, you know, when they you go into the game and they wave you with the wand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, you've got your pocket loaded up with, like, you know, all different types of metal or whatever. Yeah. I tases. generally want to know the answer to this. Have they ever pulled someone aside? Have they ever gone, like, a noise? Like, yeah. Like, Junk timers, hit us up at our uh, at our uh, email, socials, whatever. Have you ever had anything pulled out? I have never had it. And, um, you know, I, you know, you wear belts that get, like, I've worn belts that get pulled up in the airport. Yep. Things like that. Shit that they always take off you at the airport. And you go, they never, almost, I, I don't reckon I've ever seen anyone be stopped. I've never seen anyone pulled pulled up. And also, like, the just the lackadaisical wave they do. Just yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm just no. going to do it in front of your face. 
you know, do you have fillings? Like, yeah, I'd take two mag lights with me just in case there's a blackout. I don't want to be, you know, scared and alone in the dark, you know, and they never get pulled out. Anyway, from Tommy, at the opening round, blah, 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 Saints, yep. ma- medallion tickets are right behind the goal of second tier. Sitting behind me to the right was a great row of Saints legends, Stephen Milne, Spider Everett, Stewie Lowe, Rob Harvey. Every goal we kicked, I would turn around and yell in their general direction. And so Rob Harvey would be furious. He's, he's brown yeah. and gold yeah. through and through now. Oh, what was he doing there? Was he checking out uh, your competitors? Uh, Maybe so he was doing so his due diligence against, you know, because the Saints, you played the Saints, and clearly he had a few too many froths, didn't pay attention, and you guys got pantsed. Well, opening round, it uh, mm. so therefore it wasn't, we played them round four, so yeah. maybe he was getting ahead. But I figure if you're hanging out with that crew, you're probably not concentrating <laughs> on the footy. <laughs> maybe that, that's why he's behind the goals, though. He was a smart man, Rob Harvey, From smart man. Anthony, coach of the 21st century, was up here this week in 20. 20- with 2012 Norm Super Medalist Ryan O'Keefe to donate some equipment and do some training with the Lismore Swans. We saw the men's, women's and junior teams. Clarko didn't punch anyone. Thanks to Sydney, GWS and Sharon for generous uh, donations. Oh, that's cool, Anthony. Hope things are going up, going okay up there, mate. Yeah, it's been a tough, been a rough time up there. But uh, good on Clarko for getting up there and good on Ryan O'Keefe for uh, getting up there. And if you'd want to donate to my comedy festival show, yeah, uh, you can. It's called No, You Come Down, twelfth uh, to twenty fourth of April, eight ten at the Coopers Inn. Tickets available at trybooking.com. Love to see you there, junk timers. And also, I want to make it very clear to the junk timers out there: if you hear a joke that you do not like or you are slightly <laughs> offended by, you are now, as has been proven, you are now allowed to walk up on stage. And smack <laughs> that bloke in the head. Yeah. We're going to hit the road with a junk time for pot at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. And go hoops. And go Globetrotters. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.